Cereal, where do you stand on it at this point in your life? Love it. Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes go. What? Yeah, man. Something I knew Sunday, it. I knew bro. Cereal, I work out though. every fucking day. I deserve a bowl of cereal from cereal. time to time. With Almond whole milk? milk, by the way. I don't care if it gives no! me if it gives me tits. Get I the- want them. I want tits. Clip it. You missed it out, Jess. You fucked up. She left at the worst possible time. <laughs> We're killing. We're fucking killing. This podcast is gonna win an Emmy. Uh, wait, okay, guys, we're here with Dane Cook. Yeah, let's well, start. Welcome to the podcast. This is unreal. Let me just personally, you know, Bobby Lee starts his podcast. He goes, don't talk until I'm ready. So I'm going to do that today. I'm going to pull one from Bobby Lee. Okay. I'm really excited. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just excited, man. Don't put any music under that. Don't no. put it. There should be nothing around that except just like that beautiful sound of silencia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silence is dead. Sounds like the first five years of my career. I got so much to say to you. I've watched you. Um, I remember MySpace. I went through that. I watched your in, <laughs> enormous rise. Um, I, I, was, I, was, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, what are you, you going to say to Dane Cook? And I was at dinner last night. I go, I go he's, he's been to the pinnacle. You've been to the pinnacle right. in your life. I'm and here to report back. <laughs> Please report back. <laughs> what happens? Is it all uh, You get orgies? in the room, right? You get in the inner circle, right? Here's the thing. You get in. Yeah. There's a key. And once you get into that very inner, inner, inner circle, guess what? It's empty. <laughs> yeah. There's a chair. There's a couple of bottles of water. You could tell somebody else cool has been there, but it's really a very, very strange and lonely place once yeah. you make it to the upper echelon of whatever they say is the top of a career. It gets lonelier. It gets lonely at the top. It gets lonelier. It gets weirder. It gets... Uh, there's more... Uh, people that are trying to um, somehow like uh, coagulate into your success there. It it is the most, um, it's like speed round, rapid fire, end of a game show for years when you're in that, where you're just kind of like trying to keep up and trying to keep my cool, trying to make sure I'm, when all you really want to do is like say to the fans, are you having a good experience? Because I'm having fun. And then all the noise around it makes it like, uh, not to say it's all bad, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wacky Yeah. once you make it there. Yeah. What are you most proud of in your life? Most proud of? Yeah. Man, damn, dude, fuck. You just came at me with something I wasn't, you gave me like the, the goosebumps of enthusiasm. The most proud of? Man, probably just doing it at all. You know, having I was balls. just having the... I don't even know if I would have had the balls, but it was, I've told this, so I'll tell like a hopefully interesting version if you've heard it before. I used to go to Catch Rising Star in Cambridge, Massachusetts to watch, but I had a lot of anxiety. I'm an anxiety riddled kind of human being, not as much now as then. A lot of um, uh, like social anxiety. My mom was phobic. I got a lot of that. Like everything. When did you realize you had anxiety? Because when we were growing up, Anxiety was like what Woody Allen would talk about. Yeah. Like, oh, my anxiety. And then it became right. like a real thing. It's like a real problem. When did yeah. you realize? Really early on. Yeah. I mean, I was already identifying like I was terrified to go to elementary school. Yeah. I was sick, physically sick. Like couldn't, like I was shaking in the morning. The first thing I thought of was I need to be around people and strangers. And so I realized it as soon as I, I don't know, like at a young age. So you weren't a cool kid as you were a kid? <laughs> no, no. No way. I was the wallflower. I was the Star Wars geek. I had one friend named Eugene. 
And he was kind of the heavy set kid that like he took a lot of the hits and I kind of just stood next to him. And then like after everybody left was like, sorry, I couldn't help. I was scared too. <laughs> so no, I was, I was not the cool anything. Um, and that made you funny. But I was observing everything. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. like a uh, probe droid and I was absorbing human behavior and the way teachers behaved. And like, I was really like so tuned in because I wanted to be like other people that I think I was just observing them to try to go, how do, how can I be that confident? How can I insert myself in those conversations? The way that kid just walked up to that locker and started saying, Hey, da, da, da. I was none of those things. I had a similar thing. Cause I, I, I would, I don't really have time for that story, but if you can go to the next question for me and maybe you could like do like a later edit okay. by yourself. Can we pick maybe this up after when Dana's done? <laughs> Is it going to match? I had a similar thing when uh, I would, I would, perform in New York and do characters and I did pretty well doing these characters and then one night in LA I went to remember Luna Park over here and um, I said I'm just going to go up as myself and try and that for me I went up once I did it I started bawling I started bawling yeah, the, the next morning I drove to the beach it was so emotional for me when you say you went, you went up as yourself you mean like you went up I went up as Jason Nash. Uh, okay. I wasn't going up there as a, as the coach or as the fireman or no, whatever. And yeah. that, that was wow. so tough for me to, to be myself. Very, very difficult. Yeah. Which you would think to be yourself should be so easy. It, as years go by, the magic of stand up if you, if you stick with it and it sticks with you is the more introspective, if I add introspective into observe and report, that's a funny thing. Now let me tell you how I feel from it. That's like next level. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of comics miss. It's where you can watch comedy. I don't know if you do this. Like you can see somebody and be like, man, this, this person has all the elements, but they're missing that one little piece. Yes. And normally what I see in that is they're just not letting them in enough. Right. Let them in a little bit more. You're you, telling us all this stuff, but tell you, us about how, you. How do you let people in more? Where I started to figure out what, I did a crying bit that Marty Culliner directed when I did Vicious Circle, and that was like 05. And my mom was sick with cancer, yeah. and she couldn't come to the fucking show, and I was so upset that she couldn't see me at Boston Garden yes. when she saw me playing laundry mats and addicts of Chinese food restaurants. And she was too ill. She was in Delray Beach, Florida, and she couldn't make the trip. And I had a bit about crying and it was a, it was a funny bit story about just like the things that you do when you're really sad, but I was really sad that my mom wasn't there and the bit took on a new meaning because I was really telling people that I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm like, this is how I came to this piece of material because I'm sad about my mom. Yeah. So anyway, it was, um, in that moment. And then seeing the edit and, and then the reaction for years, people saying in my lowest moment when I feel really, and people have told me some real grim stuff. They go, I think of what you said in that bit and how you kept saying, I did my, I did my best. Yeah. That one credo we hold on to that we say when we cry, everybody's got their weird thing you repeat. And mine was, I, I, did, my, I did my best. You're on stage crying? I'm, I'm as close to crying as I can be in the bit. Fuck but man. I'm finding pieces that are even more organic because I'm really letting it come through me. Cause I'm like, my mom's going to see that. I'm going to bring this footage to her yeah. or it's going to air. And, and it allowed me to go to that introspective place, yeah. the real Dane cook with the material. And then the fans emboldened me over the years by being like, that means so much to me that I was like, Oh, that's what I always need to do. Uh, I have to have pieces of material where I tell you I'm broken. Yes. I, I'm, or I'm awesome. 
and owning moments where you're like, I'm the shit, and then owning the moments where you're like, I feel like shit. I think it's even tougher to own the moments where you're uh, the shit. You think it's? I think hard. that's. I think that's hard for people. I, but I know they want to live vicariously through you in those moments. I, it's hard for me. It's hard, I, even even just walking about my day and people, how's it going? And I go, it's okay. How's the podcast? It's okay. And they go, what, what are you fucking talking about? You've got Dane Cook on your podcast today. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. People will say that to me. You right. know, and, and it, it, is, it is hard to, um, I don't know why. I do have problems doing that. But do you think that maybe like those are things that you put up that you're like, no, I need to be that guy. I need to be the guy that works through the thing that I'm not so feeling so good about. What would happen if you walked out the door and were like, um, follow me today. I know where we're all going. Because I do. <laughs> I have other days where I walk out the door and I go, I don't even believe in God, but I hope he's there. Help! <laughs> it's just like, I, I, I try to, now in my stand-up, the first things that I normally say when I go up on stage is an absolute truth. I open with an absolute truth. Eyes are the window, windows to the soul. It's putting something out in, the, in, in an energy in the audience where they like me or not, they go, but I believe them. If yeah. they believe you, then you can kind of take them anywhere. What's an example of an absolute truth? Like an opening? Yeah, opening, yeah. Um, I've had a lot of them. I mean, quite literally, um, I mean, not to keep it on the, the, the night my dad had passed away, I would happen to be in LA. Who went and I, first, your mom or dad? My mom passed of cancer. A week later, my dad sat me down and said, I have cancer. And then they were both gone within nine months of each other. Yeah. I'd like to think if I had more parents, they would have died as well in that same <laughs> time frame. <laughs> Dropping, they're dropping like flies. All of my fourteen parents. <laughs> but I had to go up on stage at that point, and, and I think I just opened with that. I told the audience, and man, was that like a? Some people didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, you know. But that's okay. That's where I'm to begin. That's what real. Oh, I hate. It's like art. That's what real creativity. I think it, the first time the paintbrush touches the canvas has to be with the emotion of like, what am I really trying to put on there? Yeah. And if it is just like. Just gonna do that first, then that's what you'll get from your audience. Was it cathartic for you to talk about your brother-in-law and what happened with that? Well, I mean, I haven't really even talked about it except for like, I think people know, people know flex of it. But what I'm about to do in this next year and what I'm about to show people really went down, I, I think is going to be the greatest thing that I've I've implemented into my repertoire of comedy. I'm going to tell the whole story. Can we move more things maybe possibly? And <laughs> if we could get her a louder keyboard as well, the space button sounds like a, so well. the space button sounds like a fucking trampoline <laughs> over there. Jess? Are you writing an angry I quit letter? <laughs> she can't hear because she's wearing the headset, but it's like, da, 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 da. are you doing Morris code? Is it Morris? Morris invented Morse. it, right? Morris, Morse, same thing. It's a very loud keyboard. That's all I'm going to say. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. It's actually. She's going to Poland tonight. It's a, so she's trying to, she, this is what's going on, Dane. Dear Poland. <laughs> she, she, she asked for a week off to go, okay. to, to, go to Poland. Yeah. And I, I'm a nice guy. I said, yeah, of course, go. But she's trying to get as much work in as she can. Got so it. she can. Be in Poland and not feel guilty that she's not here. So she's normally she wouldn't be editing when, Wait, and, and when the great you, Dane Cook is here. But no, 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 no. And, and 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 I'm just asking, why are you in this room right now? Why do you need to be here? Do you need to be here? 
because I'm totally fine. I'm cool with you leaving. And I don't. And, I, and I'm not saying that in a way like I don't want you here. You seem like a really great person. I'm getting a good vibe from you. <laughs> I mean, you can watch this later. It's gonna be uploaded. Yeah, she'll have to watch it and give notes. Anyway, I'm fine with it. Would you like her to go? No, <laughs> no. But I, you know, my my girlfriend says to me, my fiance now says to me all the time. She's like, you're you're it's wild the way you notice everything happening around you at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just from stand-up. It's all the years of like, we're, we're trying to keep it together and we hear the clinking of the glass and we know there's a pocket of people talking and that waitress doesn't like us and she's standing up straight instead of coming into the room more like, and you're, it's minority report. You've got screens and other edits and information <laughs> happening while you're just trying to keep everybody corralled for 15 more minutes. Yeah. How do you do stand-up for eight hours at once? Not very well. <laughs> that, that's, you had the record for longest stand-up set, three hours and 15 no, minutes. No, no, it, it was only a Chappelle, Laugh Factory record. Chappelle, oh, a Laugh Factory record. Yeah, the, record nope. the record's like in the UK, it's like 38 hours. Oh, like, really? Yeah, no, it was just a local record. Prior set five hours, then I did like six, then Dave did six and a half, and then I came in like a month later and did seven or seven and a half hours. From what time to what time do you get there and how long do you go? Yeah, I got on stage at... <laughs> like 11 o'clock at night, and we all left together. 48 people of the 57 that started the night, we all left together in the morning and walked out the door and like, <laughs> and I took a picture with the whole crowd at the end. That's on so stage. cool. Yeah, and I said, I'm never doing this ever again. It was like, it was, it was not good. <laughs> it was not a good really? idea. But I did crowd work. Like I did it, my act, and then two hours in, I'm like, I'm just going to get to know each and every person and make their life funny. Yeah. So that's really what I did just to fill the time for the rest of it. Fucking amazing. You must have felt funny the next day. You must have been like, fuck, I'm a stand-up. I was so ready for a vacay after you that. Were? I was like, I got to, no, I'm tapping out for a minute. I, I saw a really cool paparazzi video of you the other day. It was of so, me? yeah, it was so good. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're like coming out of the gym. Yeah. You got your bike and the guy, the guy stops you. Oh, he's like walking with me. Yeah. And you go journey with me and you walked with him forever. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, oh, that, that is, it's so simple. People can't handle paparazzi, but that's how you do it. I kept it like. Back in that era, because I was a little bit older. That was probably like four or five years ago. And I was like, just treat every moment. Because I get anxious still around people. Yeah. I still come out of that spot and I feel like that same kind of, I still just deal with a lot of anxiety. Really? Yeah. I still, it's still there, man. If I let it get the best of me, then. You know, Take medication? Can't breathe. No medication. No medication. I've never taken any meds, but like just know all the techniques and the, the way, you know, I did Al-Anon meetings when I was a kid with my mom and I learned all these things to do when you're like feeling like you're you know, a fight or flight and like being painted into your own corner. Uh -huh. And I learned anytime I'm nervous in, I had a, I had a dinner the other night. I treated it the same way as the paparazzi. I had a, a charity dinner with a couple that, that bid to have dinner with me, but I didn't know them. So I just had to go and sit with two people that I didn't know. And I was really anxious about it. Yeah. And I just, whether it was the paparazzi or if I go in, like it's a rolling podcast or rolling interview and I go into interview mode. And so when I say like journey with me, now it's like I have a little bit of control in the situation because yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, the awkward silence for whatever is always what haunts me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be interesting in that moment. I'm going to, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just not going to like. That's trained because you're yeah, trained yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from doing stand up that you can't, you have to fill those silences. You have to get laughs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you've done so much stand up. You've gotten so good at it. It must be hard yeah. to be a real person. And what do you think of Gen Z and all that? I dig them. I like them. Yeah. You know, I think that they've like. I think that they've kind of been, um, it's almost like, I talk to a lot of them too, because I'm so just 
in it with everybody. Yeah. I talk to everybody. Like I have people of every age and demo and I'm an analytics person. So I know everything about my fan base. Yeah. Because when people write me, sometimes I'll just look at their page and I just look at their life for a second. You know, they'll write me a thing and I click on their, like I'm doing this all the time. I love it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're very active on TikTok. Love like it. You, you'll, you'll, you're not above answering the simplest question yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. awesome. No, it's like, and, and so where do I look at them? I look at them as like two generations have kind of like the pendulum swing has gone from uh, like uh, the, maybe like the grandparents or my parents, like and they don't have all the, they don't have all the ability and they're, they're colder and because of the gen. And so they came in being like super strict and super like not loving and sitting down with the men saying we can have feelings. And then we went the other way. Everybody gets an award. Everybody's okay. Placate, placate yeah. everybody. The feelings we're all the same right, right now. Yeah. We're the same right now. It's Gattaca. Like everybody's like, we're all the same right now. Yeah. And, and so I feel Gattaca. like a little bit of, uh, <laughs> I feel a little bit of sadness for them because they've seen all these different movies playing in front of them going like, okay, like how do I, what do I have to contribute to my community now? And yeah. I feel like I'm seeing more and more younger people, more and more entrepreneurial with the best factor of willing to listen, willing to listen, ah. willing to listen and willing to diversify their portfolio with people that aren't like them who have great ideas. And uh -huh. that's what I, I can see it, man. I, I see it. And I like it. I like the pods and the clicks more than ever of young people getting together. I have a lot of hope for the future because yeah. of that. Yeah. Have, have you ever thought about just doing motivational speaking? <laughs> uh, it's almost like if ever... I came up with an act with no punchlines that I was like, <laughs> all right, this is going to, this is going to tank tonight, but I think I have a couple of poignant things that I could throw in there at the end instead of, <laughs> Um, I, I love being able to share failure, uh, success. Um, I don't know when it happened or exactly how, maybe just years of great therapy, but just being able as a kid with a lot of, um, self-loathing and hiding and, you know, I had a bad Still in therapy now. Um, not right now actively, but I will. And I seek out different kinds and I'm like, now what did you learn in therapy? Boundaries. You putting up boundaries for people? Boundaries. I let everybody in because the kid who never had a lot Fun. of love and Damn. inclusion, when I got famous, I was like, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in. Everybody, come on in. You seem happy. You're smiling at me. That must mean you like me. So when I sat in my therapy one day and he was like, what are your boundaries? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't eat food after midnight. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I don't, don't eat carbs after. He was like, no, like. And that's when I started to work on my own personal philosophy and the five boxes that you need to check if you want to. Um, do you have any deep woods off, by the way? There's, <laughs> there's one horsefly. You see it? The mosquitoes are terrible in LA. I can actually LA. hear it, what it's saying. Um, Wait, what's going on? Everybody has bites on their ankles in LA, guys, because it's... Um, um, anyway, oh, I had, a, I had a crazy moment in therapy. This was, I was like... I was going to get, I was having a bad marriage and I was seeing this woman for a while. She was great, really helping me through it. I showed up one day for therapy, Thursday, three o'clock. She sits down and she looks at me. She doesn't come over and sit. You know, we sit like this. Yeah. She stays at her desk. She's just sitting there and I was like, okay, we're going to start. She goes, <clears throat> she was badass. She looked like um, Ileana Douglas. She goes, so Jason, 
do you think you're strong enough to leave your wife? Like that. Wow. And I was like, because like, I wasn't saying it in therapy for months and months and months. And then that was, that was, that was like the impetus. Like it took somebody. That was a, a eureka moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, bold because so normally therapists bold. aren't going to, they want gonna... you to figure it out and they want you to say yeah. it. And you start to go like, wow, I'm paying a lot of money for what I probably could have done in the mirror. But yeah, she but, was just like, I, she had heard enough. Yeah. I guess I had another moment where I saw, wow. a, I saw a male therapist and I, my, he's like, I had my ex-wife came in with us for one of the sessions and she comes in and he just attacked her. He, he had just heard like, and he was like, he had a really whiny voice. He'd be like, he'd be like, you know, he doesn't want to necessarily hang out with your friends all the time. It was awful. This was therapy. Yeah, it was therapy. (laughs) This is, are you sure it was therapy? Oh, I, I remember. I remember, and I put it in my, I have it in, I made, a, I made a movie, and there's a scene where Paul F. Tompkins plays the therapist, and in the movie, it's a little different, where she goes to the bathroom, and he leans over, and he goes, he goes, hey, I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> I heard something, uh, there was a bunch of comedians in uh, back east, and they were all going to a therapist, and this therapist had worked with a several stand-ups for several years really and then and i'm at like peak power at this point like it's like oh five six seven and i met this therapist and uh i just i went to visit this therapist i was like wow if he works with all these comedians and he's such a prolific you know uh comedy whisperer or whatever yeah. i was like i want to go and this guy sits across from me dane cook <laughs> Your name comes up a lot. <laughs> who who did you meet that taught you something incredible? Any, anybody? Betty White. I did a TV series with Betty White Are and Marie serious? Osmond for a year. Are you serious? Yeah. Tell yeah. me what Betty White told you. Betty White taught me a lot. I mean, Betty White... <laughs> So she played my grandmother. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is so funny. Unbelie- Dude, it's, it's, I so it's fu- like it's Betty White. It's, it's Golden awesome. Girls Betty White. Like, and I'm on a TV show, randomly cast. They saw me at the San Fran Comedy Contest. I was up there with Stanhope, and we were vying for the Stan number Hope. one position. And I happened to got a producer who came up and was like, hey, we're doing a TV show in Hollywood. Yeah. Have you been there? I'm like, no. Yeah. Go, you come down and take a meeting. Next thing you know, I'm at the Disney lot. Um, and going to the Laugh Factory for the very first time and thinking, I'm going to go, this is probably not going to work, and I'm not an L.A. comic, and I'm probably just going to go back to New York and try to figure out what's next. And instead, uh, they gave me the gig. They were like, have you done television? I said, no, but I've done, like, stage. So if you need me to come in like that, <laughs> if you need me to come in and snap, yes. fucking look, you know, yeah, yeah. put on a bit not West Side Story. Yeah, I was ready to do, like, you know, uh, summer stock. Yeah. But they were like, you know, they worked with me a little bit, even in the first meeting, and they and they were like, "We're gonna we're gonna give you a shot at this. We need energy on the show. It's like a it's a Saturday night eight thirty show. Nobody's watching it. Yeah, but Betty White's gonna be my grandmother, and Marie Osmond is my big part. Is my mom? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like the fourth lead. Yeah. Craig Ferguson was actually on it before he was a, even oh wow known. Uh, you know, guy. so it was like it was like Betty, Marie, Craig, and myself, or whatever, like third or fourth lead. Yeah, they're trying Honestly. to get some of that Golden Girls juice back. They, it was very different, though. It oh, wasn't. It was. No, she. This was more like coffee shop. Marie Osmond was still very just like. Yeah. It was just very wholesome. That's what I wholesome, wholesome. entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there I was, Fuck, day to day, 
working with Betty. She'd drive onto uh, the, I remember I'd see her drive into the trailer area in her little yellow Buick. She, she drove, drove a Buick? Yeah, she always drove herself to set. That's an old and, lady car. Yeah, man, yeah. like a bright yellow, like yeah. bees would follow this car. It was so yellow. Yeah. Uh, and every single day, I would take as much time with her as I could because it was like, not only are you Betty White from Golden Girls and you're one of the funniest people to ever be in situational television, but like you're one of the most entrepreneurial, you are Hollywood, you know? People don't even know the amount of like production and... <sighs> She was just like a maven. She was a maven. She produced. Produced so oh, many things. Oh, man. She had like her she had like the run that any of us would like dream of having. Wow. And so every single day I got to ask her about old Hollywood and new Hollywood and and even just like things about acting. One day she came to me and I was doing a scene and I remember I was like, take the coffee mug and come in and I'm supposed to, I had a big mullet at the time, like hockey player mullet. And yeah. I come in and I was like, you know, I'm feeling, and I did this thing and she was like, oh honey, honey, come here for a second. Yeah, yeah. Leans in, she grabs me and she goes, you're indicating. And I was like, what does that even mean? She's like, indicating? You don't know indicating? I was like, no. And she was like, okay. And then she would teach me do the maneuver but don't plan that so way fucking no cool. like the blocking is not shit like that and dude i was just like every single time she hugged me at the end of like a rehearsal it was the greatest yeah hug ever yeah it was just and, and so i learned so much in that show she's helping you become better yeah, and, and, and also she had a savage sense of humor. She could say, like, real funny shit. Like, I remember at a table read once where this <laughs> where the script wasn't so good, and she goes like this, and the writers were laughing at, like, what we were saying, and she, with her Betty White smile, she leaned in, and she goes, when the writers are laughing like this, we're screwed. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, are we? And she probably used another word. Um, but that experience... Landed me in LA, gave me enough money to to live here for a minute. I was living near Barney's Beanery in some like shitty little apartment. Yeah, and um, and and her her belief and her um, enthusiasm for me when I was like, I don't know if I belong here or should stay out here. It, when you made it, did, she, did you talk to her again? I, I talked to her for years, and then we kind of lost touch. But did she ever get to say, "Dane, you you played Madison Square Garden" or anything like that? Nothing or, like that. But no. she was just so happy that you know, like, just yeah. happy. I was happy. It was almost like I don't care about the venue or the gigs. Are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy today? And that's kind of like, and she, and she kept doing it. She kept playing that yeah. role into her nineties. Dude, she did proposal with Ryan Reynolds and everybody was hilarious. And then she ended up on a Valerie Bertinelli, like hot in Cleveland. She so, was she's very funny. Get, get on get on that for a second. Imagine when you're ninety. She lived to ninety nine. What? Yeah. A, yeah. Okay. So yeah. imagine Dane Cook at, in in his nineties, and you know you can take care of yourself. You'll probably get there. You don't drink, whatever. Would you Would you want to jump in a Ryan Reynolds movie in your nineties? Like I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand that. Yeah. I want to do this. I want to entertain people. Yeah. That's my sole purpose, I feel like. That's is awesome. to just be a transmitter of yeah. emotion. And if that's funny, great. And if that's something else, if it's something that doesn't necessarily play to my strength as a comedian, as long as I'm transmitting something with heart and humor, I kind of feel like that's my jam for the rest of my life. Do you think but I met, I'll tell you this, Jerry Lewis, I was buddies with Jerry all the way up until... Really? He, oh, I was like... What? Oh, man. Like, Jerry was like, uh, you know, he, he called me his son. I mean, I was really close to Jerry. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry, how did that happen? Jerry, how did that happen? It's crazy. 
So God, I went and saw um, life is I went and saw his documentary. I got invited at one of the lowest moments of my life. I got an invite to Paramount Lot to see um, uh, Method to the Madness, his documentary about his life. And I was such a fan, but I was in a I was in a hole. I was really in really bad, rough shape, a rut. Why were you in a rut? Um, it was really right around the time when I, it was almost like everything, my parents and I didn't grieve and then my uh. brother and I didn't, and I just, you know, charged ahead and then all the stuff in comedy and I'd come off of the big, very first big, my career, everything was settling and I did not have any idea how to like really, um, converse my feelings at that time. It's yeah. like pre-therapy. It's like right in that pocket where it's like. I just didn't know where I was anymore. I didn't know really, I didn't even know who I was looking at in the mirror because I was like, I'm only a comedian. That's like, that should be the thing I am after all the things you know about yourself. And I really didn't know like emotionally how to cope. So I go to this thing and I'm in the fifth row of my good friend, Richard, my, my call him my brother. He's my real brother. He's the brother I should have had my friend, Richard to this day. Uh, My first neighbor who like, he's the best. Awesome. So I go, Richard, will you go to this thing with me? It's Jerry Lewis. And he's like, I'll, uh, he has a very distinct voice. He goes, D, I'll go with you. <laughs> Randy goes, D, Jerry. And I'm sitting next to Richard. And we watched this incredible documentary. And Jerry Lewis gets up to the podium at the end. And it's a few thousand people at that theater at the Paramount. And he goes just like this. He gets up there. And you know how like, Jerry had like a surly way about him? He always yeah. kind of had like a... Yeah, he's pissed off. You know, yeah, yeah, like there was something in his tooth, and he was annoyed yeah. he couldn't get it before he spoke. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's Dane Cook? Oh. That's the first thing. Not hi. Welcome to the event evening. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh shit. I turn to Richard, and we look at each other, and then he goes, "I want to know where Dane Cook is." <laughs> it's such a good impression. I got to tell you, man. Of all the things in my life that made me feel like my head was going to explode, that's like up there. Because that voice was saying my name. Yes, the telethon voice that you would watch every Labor Day. Like I'm shaking and I didn't know what to do. Yes. And I went, and I'm usually cool in the pocket, but I was not cool in the pocket. I I went like this. I went, um, I kind of half, I went, and I went like this. I go, go, Jerry. Like, Like the lamest I don't stand. The seat kind of comes up, so now I sit back on the top. And I kind of like don't. And I'm doing. And then he goes. He goes. um, You being here means the world to me. Oh my god. We love you in my home. And I went. And I went. I didn't know what to say. I went. I go. I go. um, I go, Jerry. I love you. And I said, Jerry, I love you. That's cool. He just said, Jerry, I love you. He goes, I want to talk to you after. Anyway, pulls yeah. me aside at the end of his podium moment. Yeah. He ignores everybody. I mean, we're talking like big A-list people are there. Sure. I won't name name names, but like you couldn't believe the people that were waiting for him and finally left. Yeah. He grabbed me like this and he pulled me in. Yeah. And he started talking about my performance at Madison Square Garden like a like he saw everything that was happening in my mind and in my body with the precision and the mechanics that only somebody of his caliber would know. Wow, that's like, fucking cool. It was like Yoda. 
what you did with the, and he was telling me things that I'm like, I'm freaking out. And he kept his hand there and we were talking and people were taking, Richard, my friend, took about a thousand pictures of me holding court. And he takes my phone number and every Sunday we talked for years and I'd go to Vegas and I'd see yeah. him and hang out with him and his yeah. birthdays or whatever it was. But the, the whole point of this story, when you said like, would I be doing this at whatever, I would see Jerry live. He would still tour mm-hmm. and um, fill theaters. Yeah. And he would always do 35 minutes of his gig uh, with the screens and the typewriter bit and all that. And then he'd do like 20 minutes of Q&A. And that's where the show was. Because anybody could ask him a question and you didn't know what the fuck this man was going to say. And he didn't care what any... There was no PR. There was nobody. It was one woman. It was Jerry... I just have to say, I saw your film, and I believe it was called The Beach House, and what that film did to me, (laughs) and how that film affected me, I just had to say to this day, Jerry, thank you. Cut to Jerry. He goes, that film sucked, and I sucked in it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what? One night... One night he's he's ten minutes into the Q and A, and somebody comes out and takes him off stage. And it's the show short, and th- this tells me like what my road ahead will be, and probably for every comic and any young comic that's checking this out, listening is like I go backstage. Danielle, his uh, daughter, who I'm good friends with, says, "My dad wants to see. He's over in the corner. Nobody's allowed near him." And I go over. <laughs> he looks pissed. I go, hey, man, is everything all right? And he's 90, I think, 89 or 90. And he goes, they lit me 15 minutes early. I had 15 more minutes of Q&A. I was like, Jerry, I don't know if you know this. You ruled the world (laughs) for fucking 10 straight years. And then everything after, and you're you're like, that's us. That's me. It's going to be like 90 going, I could have done better. There's more in me. And they pulled the plug early. And I think that's. Do you like that part of yourself? I'm totally into that. I'm fine with that. You I love I love disruption. I love disrupting even in this industry with the way I'm rolling this out and above it all, self-financing it. I'm, and I'm I'm probably pissing off a lot of people in a lot of corporate places that don't like that I'm changing the rules again, the mm-hmm. way that, you know, IP and legalese. Your special which, is is on danecook.com right now, right? Well, right now I'm partnered with Moment. Okay. Moment. They, they, the, the PR people told me to say dancook.com. Yeah, uh, Oh, oh, that's because, wait, this is probably Because I think it's going to go off of Moment soon. Right. But we love Moment House. Okay. Yeah. We, I love the guys at Moment House. I, they're building me a world. Bart and everybody over there. Awesome. Bart is amazing. Yeah, Good great, people, great people. Um, great people. Big future. Um, Dinkcook.com. Yeah. The whole, the, whole, <laughs> the whole idea was to own IP and to be able to clock it in real time. And you don't get own it. your specials? I do. Oh, wait. Oh, the old uh, ones? I own... I own uh, like seven of ten of my catalog. That's good. Yeah, That's and a couple really of things. And a couple of things I'm trying to get get back. And I've got a couple of nice, uh, a nifty little breach of contract things happening in the in the world, but. That's for another day. Can I go to your website and buy your specials? Sure. Oh, that's yeah. fucking Well, right cool. now it's just going to be above it all. Right. And then over the holidays, I'm going to start putting some more. We're doing a, a recut of uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, I own that. Oh. I own Troublemaker. I own a, a lot of stuff that I know people want. Yeah. But I'm going to, we're colorizing it and making it 4K ready. And we're just You know gonna, what I loved? It was Torgasm. 
Oh, really? I fucking love. I think I think because it was on the same night as Entourage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I th- I think it was on after Entourage, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck, this is." I, I I liked it better than Entourage most nights. Yeah, you know that it was came, fun. It was really well done. It came together really weird. I was in the office with Chris Albrecht one day, the yeah. president of HBO at the time, and he goes, "What are you up to?" Because uh, we were planning the special, yeah. but he goes, "What are you up to now?" And I go, "Oh, I have about four hundred hours of <laughs> road gig footage in that bag, and I'm going to go cut webisodes." <laughs> Yeah, to try to build up some interest for this uh, HBO special, and he goes, "I'll pop one in." <laughs> I took any video and I put it in. It was like Gary Gullman in an argument and upset about something. Gary Gullman, and um, whatever it was, it was like it was just Love Gary banter Gullman. and funny, and like Gary yeah. being funny because he was like on this just hilarious and real. And he goes, "How, how much footage do you have?" And I was like, "Like four hundred hours." We I filmed a month. Yeah. I said, "But I did film." Penn State, where it was supposed to be 5,000 people and 12,500 people showed up and they literally moved me to the field house. Sick. And he goes, let's see that. I popped in that DVD. And he goes, um, I'll buy this. <laughs> I was awesome. like, what? And he goes, I'm going to buy this. He goes, take this 400 hours and cut episodes together any way you can. We'll put eight of them on and it'll lead up to Vicious Circle. That way American can really get to know you Smart. better. Smart guy. Oh. What a fucking gent. Put me on the map. Well, him and Marty Colner put me on the map. I, 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 don't know I, I put myself on the comedy map, and those guys made me look beautiful in, in, in such a different dynamic way yeah. because of the way that they filmed that based on my, my ideas. So, um, so, so very fortunate. So, And I have to ask you, the, the whole uh, half-brother thing, the embezzlement, yeah. that's just unreal yeah it's it, tough you, i can't really talk too much okay, about it only because to. now i'm signed on to this you know we're we're we're, doing, fi- we're doing something we're doing a doc right. have you healed from that yeah you have yeah no i would even go so far as to say i'm glad it happened because yeah. i wouldn't be who i am today if that veil wasn't kind of removed i didn't know how um i didn't know how much toxicity was around me until he was gone I had a I had an ex girlfriend like that, who was. We should get them together. <laughs> There's clarity in the chaos, and anybody out there who's truly in a chaotic moment or a capsized traumatic moment, that's exactly what you need to emerge. But when you're in the chaos, there is no clarity. No, because you might be dealing with ailments, or you might be dealing with. Um, you know, uh, disease or things that you're imbibing. And there could be a, a myriad of things that are keeping you obviously distracted. But the real reality is when you're ready to heal from it, don't, it, you don't run from it. You don't go like, I'm glad that's behind me. You study it. You, 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 if you can intercept it even while it's happening to go like, I'm a firm believer mm. that the obstacles in front of us in life, the things that really make us go, why, why, man? I'm more than this. Why is this here? That they didn't come to you. You walked into them. I believe that you want those hurdles and obstacles because for whatever reason, the way we're wired as humans, I think we want that challenge to go, can I be better? And only I know it. Yeah. That's not for you to tell me if I'm better, but I'll tell you I'm better. Damn. That's those obstacles and those hurdles. If you spend your life figuring out crafty ways to get around them, you're not going to be as whole as you think you are. Like, ah, Ha ha, dodge that bullet. You want to take that bullet. Oh man, you want to do fuck, Mary kill or what? <laughs> Are we in? 
<laughs> no, I only said that because that's fucking that's fucking deep, man. You're blowing me away. This is really, really, really fucking cool. Uh, what are we doing? One sixteen. Okay, you gotta go. No, you good? Okay, dude, I'm totally. I, I'm. This was. I wrapped up my day with you as a fan because I was like, I don't want to feel like we're rushing. I just want to like get to some interesting shit. What do you? So you never told me about your day. I want to know what you would do when you when you wake up. Yeah, so I get up in the morning because Kelsey gets up early because she's up. She does Pilates, certified Pilates instructor. Sometimes I'll go. Really, you're that guy. Cell phones to stun. <laughs> Who is it? It's Todd. <laughs> Can I talk to him? Which Todd? There's a lot of Todd. Oh, he'll fucking flip. Todd Phillips. All right. Todd Bridges. <laughs> Todd Bridges. Who? Mike who? Oh, really? Oh, wow. No, I don't want Dane talking to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be good. All right, the day, ready? Um, well, I'm in the office pretty much right away. Um, and then I jump in around 10.30. If I don't do Pilates, I, I swim. Pilates? Yeah, I do Look Pilates. He did Pilates. Ooh. It's like, like a nine, hot yoga 98 kind of degrees. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Yeah. It's athletic Pilates, Kelsey yeah. teaches. It's not positions and stuff. It's like, go, 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 go. It's yeah. wild. And it's my favorite thing ever. Um, unless I'm swimming. I swim every day. I've probably swam for the last... I, I definitely haven't Indoor missed a swim in six swim. weeks. I have a pool outside. I have mm -hmm. a tether. And then I have a soft belt. And I stay in one place. And I just wear goggles. And I just... And so I'm not doing laps. I'm just thinking. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I can't do that. I can't. I, I, I would need to sit, have some movement, go back and oh, no. forth. I you sit it. in one place and go like this? Yeah. Oh, it's like, it's like meditation and, and workout. Right on. And you're breathing, and then you get the shimmer off the bottom of the pool, so everything feels like it's like, like you're in a treasure trove with your ideas. Yeah. And I work out a lot of things in there. Um, get out of the pool, get back in the office, obviously, like all the mundane stuff and emails, and like especially now, like maybe a Zoom podcast or coming down and seeing somebody like yourself you know, uh, XM radio tour, do a bunch of stuff. Um, always try to carve out some time to hang with my dogs. I love hanging with my pups. What kind of dogs you got? I got a shepherd poodle mix. He's seven chopper. And then we just got Kelsey and I got, well, not just, but a year and a half ago, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh yeah. And she is Sick. the best. She's like daddy's little girl. I love her. So play with the dogs, hang out the pups. And then before stand up, it's usually a couple of different things. It's like, um, I mentor a lot. Do you? I, yeah, yeah. And so I try to like carve out the la the final hour or two of my day to just um, be of service That's to somebody and try to give back. Amazing. And try where, to where do you, who do you mentor? Lots of people. Yeah. People that I know well. Some people that have just reached out and wrote me a beautiful flowery letter and shared something. I'll say, give me your number. I, I I'll talk to strangers. I'll, Are you religious? More so than I was some years ago. I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Then I dipped out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I like you, but I want to see other religions. Um, and, and, and really became more of a person that was, uh, I'm very spiritual. Yeah. And I believe a lot in like uh, karma and energies. Uh -huh. And um, you believe in astrology? Uh, mm, a very a little bit i don't i wouldn't like say that that's like my main resource but then i've kind of gotten a relationship over the last few years with what i believe to be a higher power yeah. but also encompassing the idea that like we're just we're here to be of service in some way whether that's my comedy or sharing something that might be like you know uh, 
you know, I went through cancer with my folks. I can talk to people now and I understand that journey. So when yeah. people reach out and they say I'm dealing with A, B, or C, sometimes I hit people up and I say, I think I can, I think I can give you a little bit of, you know, um, perspective on that. So yeah. I you, love it. Do you find that believing in spirituality is tough because you're a comedian and it's like your job to call bullshit on everything? I like that you put it like that because that might be very well why I tapped out uh, at you know, some time back, I found that as, a, as a tr- trying to be funny and trying to. Well, you get to a point where you're just like, I got to believe in something, you yeah. know. Uh, but do you, do you find that? Oh, man, I sometimes just get this is an overwhelming conversation. I wish I could say this is like bread and butter and easy to talk about. Yeah, this this is like to- this is like um, a talking shop comedy conversation when we start talking about this stuff because it makes my brain go into a lot of what ifs in different places. Yeah. I just know I feel something is beyond me. Yeah. And I sometimes feel, you know, uh, weak and still so small when thinking about that. Yeah. And the idea of like, what is next? What, how do we level up? What's the next, you yeah. know, stage? Um, but then some other times, I guess I feel like I'm closer than ever to really having that understanding. Yes. I can't always articulate it, but I, I think I feel more present right now in my life and feel more of a presence around me. I'll say yeah. that. My, my, my girlfriend came to me one night when we first started dating and she just goes, baby, you're not going to fucking believe this. I go, what, 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 what? She goes, we're, you know, obviously, you know, we're both Gemini. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. She goes, she goes, I got uh, your, your, your time of birth from your mom. Oh, wow. She goes, <laughs> she goes, we're absolutely perfect for each other. <laughs> and, and, and I, based on your time of birth. Yeah. Based on my time of birth. And, and of course I'm in love with her. So I'm like, I'm like, no way. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? You're kidding. She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, like you're busy. I'm busy, but it's all, it's all going to work. It's, you know, so, so I, you know, I'm all happy. And then I leave there and I tell my friends this yeah. and they're like, what? Like, are you on fucking crack? Like, what are you saying? And I was like, no, no, no. Like we're going to be, we're, we're both Gemini. And, she yeah. was born at 1.42 a.m. and I was born at 1.42. <laughs> and you sound like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> what if you find you, it? What you, you want to believe it, it, but you want to believe it. You want to believe it because you want to be like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> is, is, I feel like everything is always ever-changing and like so much feels, I don't know, man. It's almost like I'm okay with the idea of not holding on to things mm. because I've had things that I held on to that went away. Obviously stuff with my brother or with my family or like, I think the lesson I'm still learning or in, even with Kelsey, it's like, I didn't know if that relationship would work. A lot of people obviously didn't think it would work. And we heard from people, you know, yep. external, but the reality was, I was like, let me just see if I give somebody absolute love for a couple of years of my life, just everything I am, the very true, the loyalty, everything I really am. Yeah. Like, where does that, where does that take you? Yes. Yes. And, that, that's and, and it's okay if it ends. It's okay if it yep. goes away. A hundred percent. I don't live my life um, expecting or holding on to something except for the things that I expect of myself and, and that self-competitiveness to go, can I exceed my own expectations in whatever it is that I'm, whatever dilemma or anticipation that I'm putting myself in? Yeah. I, 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 I raised my voice once with her. And I was like, she's like, you raised your voice. And I was like, oh, did I? And then never again. And I would never do that again. But in, when I was married, I, I, we would argue all the time. Right. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. trying to do everything right uh, at, at this point in your life when I am so much wiser and I should know better. Right. Right. But still, you know, we are human. And so there's always going to be those moments where we fuck up. And then that's part of the whole journey too. Yeah. Learning from a place where I was like, that was not my best. And then investigating it to yeah. be like, I, I feel it's kind of frustrating sometimes when we're in this era that where somebody gets canceled or they fuck up really bad. And then it's like, it's almost like your story's over. You're done. We have voted. And we've decided, even though we don't know you, we have no idea if you have true malice. We, 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 we're not going to do diligence. We just feel like you suck and you're done. And you go, what about the part of the journey where you fail so epically that you learn something exceptional and then you bring that back to the table? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. are we doing to people yeah. by ostracizing them to the point where they can't even go, but I did actually learn something, and do you want to hear what it is? Because it might help everybody. Yeah. What are we doing, dude? Yeah. Like, where are we the at? Other day, it's such a strange time the other day, that we're in. The other day I was with my I friend. just want to stay above it all. <laughs> Daycook.com. See what I just did. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> I, I was with my friends the other day and someone said, oh, they, they have cancer. And, the, and my other friend heard canceled. They have canceled? Yeah. And he goes, oh, they got canceled? And they go, no, he has cancer. Like that. Like, they're like, oh, like, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have cancer than be canceled. <laughs> you know what the worst is? That canceled what? cancer that people have been getting. <laughs> Where you get the cancer... And then Twitter decides you should die sooner. <laughs> That's fucking good. All right, let's play some games. Let's go. I think we're ready. Let's go. Are we doing this? Never have I ever been employee of the month. Never have I ever been employee of the month? I have. Doing what? Oh, the movie. Well, in the movie, and I worked at a video store, and one time I was employee of the month. You worked at a video store? Yeah, we had like a little porn section in the back I would think with you... like those saloon doors, and I would go in there every once in a while, and I would put them alphabetic. And they were like, dude, you win. You're employee of the month. I had anal, obviously. That was on shelf number one. And then B was bestiality, and then C was cunnilingus, and then D was dick and ass, and then E was... Um, do the whole alphabet. I fucking love it. <laughs> Everybody in. And uh, Z was zebras sucking each other's dicks. He was dick on dick crime. <laughs> <laughs> F was fuck fest. G was gag. Gag a lot. Sir gag a lot. H was Harry Hall's adventures. Of course. I was, uh, I can't believe what I just swallowed. <laughs> J was uh, the joy of sex. <laughs> K was um, cunts, cunts, cunts. <laughs> I love Cunts, Cunts, Cunts. One of my favorites. Cunts, Cunts, Cunts 2 was even, because it was a prequel, and it was an origin story of Cunts, Cunts, Cunts. Yeah, 2 is great. Different yeah. director than yeah. Cunts, Cunts, Cunts 1. Wonderful. Use all of this. I, oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> Fucking A. Stop. I know Dane Cook is here. I don't know. Silencia. To, I'm 50. I don't know how to do that. Wait, you're 50? Yeah. And I'm 50. I'm 49. But I know you're 50. But I say 50 because... It's here, man. All right. There's no denying it. Yeah, love it. Have you accepted it? I love it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're I doing feel good. good. I love it. I'm so happy. It's important to take care of yourself, huh? The best. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get massages? No. No? Not really. Don't let people touch you. I'm limber yet. already. <laughs> what's your, what's your... Um... Is, this an, is this one of the questions? No. For the, oh. 
What's Dane, what's Dane Cook pampered? Like, what would Dane, if you were to pamper yourself? Pampered? Yeah, yeah. What would you do? Uh, my golf is uh, video games. I'm a big first-person oh. shooter. I like uh, Warzone. A little bit. I'll Dude, jump on other people. you should people. stream. What, should I really? Yeah. Like Twitch or you whatever? You kill it on Twitch. I got friends who stream, and they're like, my last three albums, I haven't made as much money as I make when I'm streaming on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. So I think it's pretty lucrative. But I really love it. No, like, but you're, I'm a you're, gamer. Your your personality will fucking kill it on there. Like, you'll just be doing a set. You, you heard it here, game. folks. Okay? Dane Cook Gaming. Guys, special thanks to Happy Face for having us in their studio today. Go to happyface.com and check out some of their CBD products today. I love the Vitality gummies, and I also love the CBD nighttime gummies. Let me tell you something. They put you right to sleep, and they're fantastic. So go check out some of their products today. Uh, Scott Sire is an owner in the company, good friend of mine, and uh, go check out some of their stuff. Okay, thanks. Never have ever gotten someone else fired. Yeah. Ooh. This week I had to fire somebody. Yeah. So okay. yeah. I, I, Sorry no, about I, that. I had to let somebody go because they were, they, you ever pay somebody for something and they don't do it at all? Yeah. And then you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, man. That's the clip. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And then you have to call them. You have to say, I just, I'm, I'm curious about something. I've paid you a couple of thousand dollars and like, um, and I said, to the, I said to this person, when are you going <laughs> to complete the things that I'm paying you for? And they said to me, well, I'm still in a brainstorming mode. <laughs> I wasn't in the contract. And this wasn't a think tank fee. This was like, do what you do. Yeah. And they go, um, well, I, I don't think this is working out. So I'll give you half your feedback. Like, basically, they were like, I know I'll at least get half because right. I did something. Don't and that's you, exactly what don't happened. Don't you draw and design merch and stuff? Did I, I read that? I, I, I design a lot of like what I think the... Th Things are thematically, but then honestly, I have a lot of people else. that make me look way better than I am. I, I have ideas and then they go like, all right, we know how to make that. <laughs> we know where to take this. Yeah. You started. Okay. Uh, never have ever uh, film while intoxicated. I know you haven't done that. Yeah. I never have ever broken the law. Broken what? Broken the law. Broken the law. I have not. No. Right on. Never have ever had a near-death experience. A near-death experience. I mean, I've been near-death. <laughs> so, I mean, I have been ar around some pretty gnarly, harrowing things. But me, myself, luckily... When I'm were you near death? I'm a, oh, man. It's, it's a lot. I don't know if I can go there. But e let's just say, like, even with just my parents and, like, being there with yeah. them and, like, you know, loving them to the entry point of it's time for them to go. You know, being with both of them. The stories that I have around those last few days with my mom and dad are like the most prolific, beautiful, funny, sad. It's everything. It's everything in those moments. Um, so, yeah, I have been near death. You're lucky you were there. You were able to be there. I was really fortunate. And the story of my with my mom was the wildest. I'll tell you this real quick. My mom knew I wanted to be on HBO when I was a kid because that was like the spot, right? Growing yes, up, it was, it was. like, yeah, all was the like good stand-ups from Like HBO, for me, Carl, even Carlin. Rock, but Carlin was my guy. Yeah. And I told my mom, I said, mom, if you believe in me and you support me, I'm going to get, I'm going to take this all the way. I'll be on HBO someday. And she's like, I believe in you. I believe in you. And, and she did. She was, I, her nickname was The Compass because she knew the direction of my life before I even believed I had anything to, to, to give and to share. So... She was on her last couple of days, and I had a trip planned that 
I was going to cancel and she was like, I want you to take the trip. And it was so my mom to not want me around during something that was really, really terrible. And she wanted my sister Courtney there because she could handle things differently from me. And it was like she knew she was going to pass. So I go and I'm on this trip. And Courtney calls me and says, you know, but I spent like three or four days with my mom straight, like amazing, beautiful conversations. Just everything you'd want a life to be with your mom, I had. And so... Courtney calls me and she's like, mom, uh, you know, passed away. And um, she said what happened in her last few moments was like, like, uh, can't believe it. Almost can't wrap my brain around it. She said she was having trouble breathing. And um, Courtney said, uh, I said, mom, do you want, helped her sit up and said, do you want me to put on the TV? And she, she nodded. And she goes, and when I turn on the TV, Vicious Circle was on HBO. And her eyes opened up and she whispered, that's my boy. And then told Courtney she loved her. Oh, man. And passed away. No way. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, man. The last thing that she saw was me, like, fulfilling that dream as this scared kid that didn't believe in myself. And she was really the only person who ever truly believed in me in that moment. Like, hours of rubbing my back and saying, you're a good person. You're yeah. a good person. Don't let those, don't, you know, and, and just encouraging and championing and encouraging and championing. And Courtney says, I could not believe it. It was beautiful. It was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that Courtney was there. I'm so glad she was with my mom. Yeah, Dane, that's that is such a fucking good story. My dad, my dad had a stroke six weeks before he passed. And all he could say was cool or school. It was one of those strokes that like it, it, it locked in type thing. And so when I would try to talk to him, he'd be like, school, 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 school. And he was trying to say, like, did you go get the car? And, you know, but yeah. school, 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 school. And I was, like, trying to have conversations with him. And for six weeks, we were trying to get him to talk. And he just couldn't talk. School, 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 cool, cool, cool. And then finally, I, I had to go back to Vancouver to shoot Good Luck Chuck. And I put on my jacket. And I'm there with my dad. And, again, same thing with my dad. Beautiful, beautiful last few days and, like, everything just everything was okay right in that like not buttoned up okay but like forgiving and loving and understanding and everything you'd want father son give him a hug put on my jacket and he's like school 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 meaning like you gotta go back to work i said yep you know dad i'm gonna go up i go i'm gonna fly up one more day of shooting i'm gonna come back school 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 i get up i walk to the door and courtney goes your son is leaving. What's his name? And my dad pointed at me with his good arm, and he goes, Dane. Oh, wow. And that's the last thing I heard my dad Damn. say. Damn. Yeah. Jess, I can't believe you walked through his fucking story about his dying mother. Oh, <laughs> Do you have to leave? Go ahead. Go, 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 go. Goodbye. Walk out the door. Walk out the door. Okay, okay, we're going to... Obviously not a fan of my mom. <laughs> Bye, Jess. Have fun Bye. in Poland. Take care. Nice meeting you. That's Jess, guys. That's the last you'll be seeing of her. <laughs> she did the best she could. Okay. All right. This will be the last thing we'll do. And then I'll like no that. worries. No worries. Dude, this has been so fucking What fun. a great chat, man. Oh, my goodness. This is the stuff I love, dude. Well, I it, love it. Okay, I just, Heart and humor, comedy, fucking, real shit. You made me cry, Like man. people, and can I, can I say something maybe even off the record? I don't care. You can use it. 
you know, these clips have been going around of like, whether it's the Burt one or just stuff that's like not comedy related, or even a piece of the material where I talk about like the worst, most humiliating hell gig and how it's, how it's like, um, helping people and how people are hitting me up saying, man, you made me laugh, but like, you made me believe that I can mm, push through something. And I'm like, that's all I want to be. It's the fucking best. Fucking best. It's the fucking best. I mean, you can help somebody when somebody comes up and says, it's so dumb. It's a it's so it, for me. It's, it's a gratitude. It's a, it's a YouTube video. Somebody will say, yeah. "Oh, I, I I watched your videos while my <sighs> fucking mother died," and or I you know, yeah, it's the best. It's feeling. those little things sometimes that you know you provide that somebody just needs to get them to. And by the way, I need those same things. So sometimes you don't even realize like I'm watching your stuff or we're watching in like we're doing it for each other. Yes, so you yes. you get to say to somebody, "Thank you. I'm glad I could be there for you." Because and then I always want to go because somebody just did that for me lately. And this is what I watched. You know what I mean? I, I've been trying to get in shape and I'm running a, a half marathon on Sunday. So people will snapchat really? me and say, they'll be like, Jason, you look great. You've inspired me to get in shape. You're yeah. so old and you're doing, I can do it too. And, and what they, what they so don't. Old. Yeah, Who would just, say that? Oh, every, everybody. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what they say. I mean, it's, 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 I think that's the, that's the gap. You're so old. You're not that old. Well, that's how they know me. I got into David Dobrik's videos. Okay. And I was the old guy in the videos. <laughs> okay. I got so yeah, I, I, so that, I, I, that's why. But, that's, yeah, but what they don't that. know is that when they say to me, they're keeping me honest. They're making sure that I fucking go out tomorrow morning and get to the gym and, you know, train. And so it, right. it, it's, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. This okay. is called rapid fire questions. We have uh, two minutes on the clock. Okay. You're just going to fucking answer these questions. Here right. we go. Cereal, where do you stand on it at this point in your life? Love it. Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes, go. What? Yeah, man. Sunday, I knew Sunday, it. I knew bro. Cereal, I work out guy. every fucking day. I deserve a bowl of cereal, cereal from time to time. With Almond whole milk? milk, by the way. I don't care if it gives, no! me, if it gives me tits. Yeah, I want them. I want tits. Clip it. Use that. You're missing out, Jess. You fucked up. She left at the worst possible time. We're killing. We're fucking killing. This podcast is going to win an Emmy. And she leaves while my mother's dying. I can't believe. I, I can't believe she fucking got up during the fucking the, the mother's dying story. Well, who does that? You, I like the way we did, just, did, my mom's real death did, just became the woman dying story. Dude, I'm crying. I literally have tears in my eyes. You're telling me the fuck. My asshole's sweating. Put the air on in here, dude. We can't. The sound, Why? We can't. The sound will be good. I'm like LeBron no, at the okay. foul line in here. Put it on, put it on, put it on. I can't believe she walked out during that. Oh. I can't wait to tell everybody she did that. Oh my God. It was, oh, thank I mean, God. Date, that was like a that was like a fucking monologue. That was like a, a, a gorgeous monologue. And she we'll fucking goes up it. to get her salad. We'll cut around. Okay, come on. Florida or Hawaii? I don't know about that. <laughs> this is entertainment. If you're not entertained, you're Terrible. a sociopath. Well, go ahead. Florida or Hawaii? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, good. Makeup? Oh, I forgot this. I forgot. Ragtag group of people with no fucking makeup. 
<laughs> I'm on a shitty podcast and not what across this, Jessica Alba. Huh? What is this? We had a flower and it died. What, but what is this like? Yeah, oh, we, we got to get something there. Oh, oh, I thought that uh, we we're going to cremate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's my career. Go ahead. Florida or Hawaii? <laughs> well, since my mom died in Florida and I was in Hawaii, I'm going to go with Hawaii. Perfect. Okay, perfect. I, lo- I love Hawaii. <laughs> that is weird. Do you ever go there? Yeah. yeah. That's great. Maui. Did you cuff your jeans like I did growing up in Boston? No. Wow. No. I went more like boot cut, flare, bell bottom look. Oh. Wow, feels good in here now. Thank you for that. Ooh. Have you ever been roasted? Yeah, I did a roast and they roasted me. Where? I did like the Dennis Leary roast on Comedy Central. Uh, Not my forte. I wasn't very good at roasting and I also don't like hurting people's feelings and I don't like my feelings hurt. Yes, 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 yes. I gotcha. (laughs) What's the most amount of money you've ever made in one night? In one night? Um, A one night. Trying to think. Like I did did like 150 arenas and a couple of them like at the end of the night, you'd see the... um, you know, the documents, all the wire info. And a couple of times it pushed a million. Yeah. You get that on your phone. It, I'd be in the, I'd go after, I'd be like, all right, let's see how we did. Yeah. Where would yeah. you go after? The office or? Yeah. Like, so like you'd be in like the, whatever it was, the Air Canada Center at the time. They'd be like, all right, 18,000 people. And let's see that. And I'd be like, all right, calling merch. I'd be like, what merch is 48,000? Okay. Let me add it to that. So there were certain nights where you just roll out of there and be like, I am a baller. Fucking dope. And a shot caller. Damn. Uh, what's the most... This oh. is the least rapid fire rapid fire I've ever... <laughs> this is like atrophy. <laughs> Fuck. I'm getting rheumatoid arthritis waiting for you to ask a question. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is taking so long that the colors in the paint behind us on this wall are starting to They're fade. They're not even good. <laughs> You know, we had Joe Gatto here from fucking, uh, from Impractical Jokers. So I've never done two in a day. So this is not, they're not even good. Let's just keep going. I was really, you, you, you lined me up at, you must be so low blood sugar at this point. No, no, I think I've been good. Okay. Ever, ever hold, gotten yourself? Hold on one second. No, hold on. Jesus hold Christ. On. Grand Central Station in here. Hold. <laughs> She's a fan. She's a fan? Yeah. She threw her hands up in the air like I just asked Dennis her. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. What? <laughs> um, do you have any regrets? As a person who really doesn't subscribe to that thinking, knowing what I know now about how informative things falling apart are, I will say I wish I could have spent more time in my 20s with people and doing things that mm. were more geared to the, toward that time in my life so yeah just time spent mm-hmm. if i had a do-over i there was definitely hours i could have been like ah let me whatever hang with the fam more or like you couldn't have i couldn't have but life is fleeting and you don't learn that till later and you go like oh man i could have probably put a few more wins in the wind column with that person in my life yeah. um but everything for a reason we'll see him again you have the world's <laughs> is this expensive <laughs> what is this you have the world's record for longest stand-up set. What's the most you've ever masturbated? No, I don't. That okay. is misinformation. You have the world record for longest stand-up at I the Laugh the Factory. World. At the Laugh Factory. I have a Laugh Factory record. You have the Laugh Factory record for longest stand-up set. What's the most you've ever masturbated? <laughs> <laughs> F- 
fuck you. Next question. Hardest you part of put some flowers in this thing. <laughs> okay, we'll get it. Hardest part about performing in Iraq. Oh my goodness for the for the troops. Oh boy, that was that feels like the that's the hardest got- part is being in Iraq and knowing at any point. At one point, one of the generals after I got off, not on stage, I'd be like performing on rocks yeah. for all the troops with their weapons. You know, yeah. they're sitting there. We can't say uh, Indian style. What crisscross applesauce? Crisscross and. The, then they'd send me a drone picture of me from like three miles up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was. You're always like, oh my god, where are we? This yeah, is, but, the, but the troops absolutely the love that you're the there. The greatest to this day have a lot of correspondence with. Yeah, you know, servicemen and women that were over there. The best, one of the most gratifying things I could have done, what but they, scary. What did they say to you when you show up in Iraq? Like, what they did, what they were they like, well, they were blown away because uh, I didn't just go to Baghdad and do the PR thing. Right, I had them take me out to like. FOBs in places that nobody goes. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm really not here for the PR thing. I'm here because my dad served in Korea and I want to take me out there. So they would Apache me out or Blackhawk helicopter me to like places where they didn't even know I was coming. That's fucking it was sick. Best. It was awesome. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy, does he get it done? Does he get it done? What does that mean? <laughs> He's got an incredible career. Yeah. He's doing more of the car stuff. Than I know. Cars TV show. I mean, I I love that gig. I, I love Larry the Cable Guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know him personally, so I wish I had. But some, didn't you like, do the movie with him? What? No. Oh, you did planes. I did uh, planes. He did cars. Oh fuck! I fucked yeah. up. Planes was the yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever met Tom from MySpace? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Where is he now? Uh, he's living large with the money he made from MySpace, and he loved photography. He just travels the world taking pictures, wow. and they're great. You should follow him on whatever he's on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> F. Mary Kill, Jessica Simpson, Kate Hudson, or Jessica Alba? That's a big pass on this one. That is. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, my God. Kate, we'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. Guys, this is Dan Cook. This is somebody that you need to go uh, go to his website. You need to watch his special, and you need to follow him because I love you, buddy. Thank you for having uh, Dan, me. Dan, thank here, you man. so Are much. Are you kidding you, me? You're he's such a special guy. I've been. This is my favorite podcast. No, I, can I tell you why? I've you just lo- had T.J. Miller on. That was like that's everywhere. No, this 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 I've learned something. <laughs> I have I have problems. I have a lot of problems, and you've actually like helped me through. You know how you said you mentor people? Yeah. I mean, you've mentored me today, so thank you. And hey, th- man, this was really, coming. really wonderful. I feel like we, um, I feel like we hit all the components that you want in a great, robust conversation. <laughs> Funny, heartwarming. People walked out on me in the middle of it. We talked about death. We talked about porn. Yeah. You know, I broke shit. (laughs) Yeah. I passed on certain things. I stood up for myself. Boundaries were set. (laughs) I mean, a lot of this is unusable (laughs) because you're just going to hear Jess typing really loud on a keyboard over there. I think she like resented me. I almost feel like she was writing me. I feel that way every day. That's that's how she makes you feel. Never enjoyed your comedy. Yeah. That's how she makes you feel. But no, can I be sincere for a second when I say I've been a fan, I like what you do, and the fact that you asked me and reached out to me personally and said, would you do it? And then I reached out personally and said, you got me? Yeah. Um, That means a lot to me, so appreciate it. Thank you, man. No, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I can't believe you came. uh, All right, buddy, wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Guys, you're rambling. We'll see you next week. Go check out. Go check out. No, I know. (laughs) 
Well, go check out uh, Dane Cook's new special at danecook.com. Above it all. Above it all. Okay, bye guys. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.